This program is made possible by Bible Way Media, overseen by the Uliga Church of Christ in Uliga, Oklahoma. You are listening to Diligent Teacher with my mom, Lisa Ol. Hello, ladies. Thank you for tuning in to the Diligent Teacher podcast today. I'm your host, Lisa Earl. My family and I recently got home from a short vacation to Texas. I have always wanted to go to SeaWorld, and we finally made that happen. God's creatures are amazing, to say the least. So I had posted on social media while we were traveling, and we were gone over a Wednesday evening, and so we checked into a congregation of the Lord's Church that we visited while we were there. And I was a little bit shocked at how many people commented on that check-in. Several said something to the effect of, Wow, you went to Bible class while on vacation? Or, I'm so glad to see Christians not taking a vacation from God. If this is a thing, and I'm thinking it must be from the comments on social media, ladies, we need to do better. Vacation is not an excuse to skip out on worshiping God. On the other hand, it should be a way to connect with those of like precious faith, as Peter calls us in 2 Peter 1.1. Is it true that vacation is a way to get away from the obligations and stresses of home for a while and to relax and recharge? Yes, of course. Should we still take the time to worship God for all that He has done for us, including giving us the ability to take these vacations? Absolutely. Let's see what God expected of the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verse 1. Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord your, the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart." You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, obviously, this was written to the Israelites in the Old Testament, and we are not under the law of the Old Testament, and I get that. But many of the Old Testament laws were carried over into the New Testament, and we are going to look at some New Testament passages in a bit. But for now, let's consider what God told the Israelites here. First, he says, This is the commandment, and you are to observe them in the land you are going to, being the promised land. God knew that there were people in that land that did not follow him, people that would be able to turn their hearts away from him. It happened after Cain left when he refused to repent of killing Abel. He fathered a whole nation of people who did not follow God. They eventually married the people who did follow God and convinced them that following God was not necessary, leading to only eight people on the earth being righteous, and those eight being the only ones who survived the flood. This is what God was trying to prevent when he gave the promised land to the Israelites. This is why they were supposed to go into the promised land and wipe out the inhabitants. 
So God tells them to follow these statutes. Number one, fear the Lord your God. Number two, keep all his statutes and his commandments all the days of your life and be careful to observe them. Number three, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength. Number four, write these commandments on your heart. Number five, teach them to your children. Number six, talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Bind them as a, number seven, bind them as a sign on your hand and make them as frontlets between your eyes. And number eight, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So God told the Israelites that their focus should be on him and his commandments. And he tells them why. He doesn't just say because I feel like it. He doesn't just say because I said so. And as parents, we sometimes use that phrase when we are tired of explaining to our child why we ask them to do something. But God doesn't do that here. He says, do this so that your days may be prolonged, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly in the land he gave them to possess. Write these commandments on your heart means that you can take them with you when you go. Bind them as a sign on your hand shows that others can see that you follow God, as your hand is a very visible part of your body to others. Make them as frontlets between your eyes means that you are always seeing those commands. It is really hard to ignore God's word if it is right in front of your face. And according to this list, it doesn't look like there is room for vacationing from God and his laws. Remember, it says, talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. That is pretty much at all times. You are supposed to be remembering and talking about God's word. Now, as I said earlier, we are not under New Testament law or Old Testament law, but we are under New Testament law. So let's turn to Hebrews 10, and we are going to read verses 19 through 25. Verse 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So now there is a certain expectation for us, isn't there? We are to draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith and to hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. And why are we supposed to trust so fully in God and not waver? Because he who promised is faithful. He wants us to remember him in all things because he is faithful to us. We cannot expect him to be faithful to us if we are not faithful to him. Then we see that we need to consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Ladies, we can't be seen of others if we are not present in the Bible class or the worship assembly. We can't stir up love and good works if we aren't there. Will the congregation where you are vacationing know that you aren't there? No, of course not. But think about the support you can't give to them if you aren't there. What if there is someone there that might 
go on a trip later. And you being there during your vacation reminds them to think about going to Bible class while on their trip. What if that congregation is struggling and you have given them hope? What if someone at your own congregation saw that you went on vacation but kept God first and that helped them to recommit their life? You can't be a good example if you take a vacation from God. Ladies, you and your families are missing a wonderful opportunity to meet with, study, and worship with Christians in other parts of the world if you decide to take a vacation from God. So, if you aren't putting God first in all things, even during vacations, I urge you to think more about that. It is ultimately your choice and your responsibility to decide what you will do on vacation. But please think about the passages we have read today and maybe even think about other passages in the Bible talking about how we need to be, to, um, prefer to, to spend our time with other Christians. And think about other passages where Jesus says to be with other Christians in order to help them see how it will be in heaven. Please think about these passages and please think about what we've read today and think about what God wants and expects from you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and always remember to teach them diligently. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can find out more about Bible Way Media at BibleWayMedia.org.